Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know this is a little different than normal. Matter of fact, you guys, if you're listening to the show, this is the very first time that we've ever broadcast directly from the mission. <clears throat> My friend Steve Gasser is in the studio, and because of the coronavirus that's happening, they're uh, kind of a skeleton crew. Most of them are working from their homes, too. And so Steve has hooked us up right here at the Union Gospel Mission. So, again, this is the first time we've ever broadcast directly from the mission. And I thank you so much for joining us. And I want you to know that <clears throat> we at the mission are praying for all of you as well. I know this is a difficult time for everybody. There's a lot of fear, a lot of apprehension. There's a lot of people that are not working right now and fearful of what's going to happen tomorrow. And so I want you to know that the Union Gospel Mission is there praying for you. Uh, I just talked to a reporter from Washington, D.C., and they said that uh, they had heard that we had shut down our services. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. We have not shut down our services. We've modified them. But we realize that, that we still have an obligation to those that that we serve and that you serve by donating to us. So let me just briefly tell you how things have changed a little bit and how things are, are functioning here at the Union Gospel Mission. All my staff is still here, excepting for those that are the most vulnerable, and a couple of them I had to ask to work from their homes or to stay home, and we're still taking care of them. Nobody is, you know, getting thrown out on the street or anything. But we have always had 84 beds upstairs for the people from the street and from for our program guys, which are on our drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. And so to accommodate the extra spacing, first of all, when I say 84 beds, that means that there is 42 bunk beds up there. Well, obviously, during the time that you're worried about a, a contagion, you're not going to have people sleeping in bunk beds. So that right away eliminated 40 beds off of our, off of our guest side. <clears throat> then to accommodate the 30 men that we have, we had to push beds further apart. And so once they're further apart, we wouldn't have room for more than the 30 folks that we have up there. So contrary to popular belief, our, our drug and alcohol program is still going on. We still have all the guys that live with us for nine months. And one of the things you have to realize, these are also people that, for the most part, are out of prison or from the street. So those people are, are not being dispossessed. They're with us. We're still feeding them and caring for them. In addition to that, we are limiting our showers. But what we're doing is we're limiting them to five guys at a time so we can get the spacing that we need so it's not such a problem. But we're cognizant of the fact that they need to be able to clean up like the rest of us. They need to shower and do those things. And so we still have our, our showers open. We're just bringing them in five at a time. As you probably know, we can't have our nightly service because there was 150 people packed side by side inside. And so we can't 
have our normal nightly service. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to to feed the folks. What we do is we bring them in the gate five at a time. We give them uh, a dinner that we've prepared in a sack-type lunch thing, and then we send them back out uh, with that food and five more come in. We also have not stopped our food box giveaway. We have a, a, a food boxes that we give to people who have houses or they have an apartment or they have a trailer. And these are primarily for families or for people over 65. And so we haven't stopped giving away these food boxes. As a matter of fact, our limit before was somewhere between 7 and 10, and now we've pushed that up to at least 20 twice a week so that if a family is suffering out there, they can't afford to get food or they can't find it, as long as we have food in our freezer and refrigerator, as long as we're still getting donations from some of the stores, we're still going to maintain what we're doing with them. Again, we kind of we kind of make sure that they don't cluster together, that they don't come into the foyer and congregate in there, but we're still giving out the food boxes. We still have clothing that we're giving out to the men. We've taken the women's clothes closet, which we had to shut down because they had to shop in there, and we've moved all the clothing to one end of the building so that we can have an area to quarantine, not quarantine, but to isolate somebody who might be exhibiting those signs who's on our program. Staff, as I said, are all here, and we're, we're trying to figure out more and more ways to help everybody. But absolutely incorrect that we've, we've stopped doing what we're doing. I'm here every day. Well, not every day. I'm here five days a week, but I was only here five days a week before. Um, so we're doing everything in our power to keep things going. And so on the other hand, I wanted to also give a, a true thank you to all our donors. Um, excuse me. Um, it's a little different than in the studio. I can't back away from the microphone because I'm on the phone. So if you hear me cough, I have seasonal allergies. I'm fine. Trust me. Um, but we, I'd like to thank some of the donors. I'd like to give you a couple of examples of things that were just heartwarming to me. Uh, there was a, a woman that, that sent us a check for $5,000 because she realized how tough these times can be. One of our donors who donates every month, and he donates something like $36, he sent a letter saying, in these hard times, I'm going to double my, my offering. And I'm not saying this to you guys to try to solicit you guys for more money. I'm not saying that at all. I'm thanking you for the continuation that everybody's doing. Um, you know, right now, we have been getting the donations that our donors have given us for years. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know how many people are going to lose their jobs or have their finances impacted. But I know that that God is good and God is great and he's, he's sovereign over all things. And I know that the vast majority of the people who are donors to the Union Gospel Mission are, are still loyal to donate to us, and we thank you. Uh, people are often asking, what is it that our greatest needs are? Well, our greatest needs are 
probably like everybody right now, hand sanitizer and masks and rubber gloves and all the things that we need to continue to help the people out on the street to minimize the impact, to help the families who are coming in to get things. And and so it, those things are a necessity, and we're, we're trying to get as many as possible, but supplies have been quite limited, as most of you folks know. We pray daily and pray for you guys, and we pray for the guests out on the street. We pray for our program guys and, and for our staff, too, who are really on the front lines with the people. I mean, they're exposed every day to somebody. Good news is nobody here has gotten sick yet. And so we're prayerful, we're hopeful, we're still doing what we're doing, as many other uh, uh, nonprofits are doing too. I don't want to minimize that. I know there's a lot of entities out there that are that are trying to help in these hard times. Unfortunately, we only have so much room, and we do have the food that we can hand out. Um, but everything is going in a hard time like this. It's going as well as possible. And we're in prayer. We're looking forward to the cessation of all these, this part of it. And that we get through this with as minimal damage to the people, to not only the people here, but out on the street, the people who are working, the people in the grocery stores, the nurses, the doctors, the police officers, the firefighters, everybody who can't stop doing what they do and have to be out there in front of everybody. So we thank them as well. And we join with you. So there are still some great opportunities. People have called and asked for prayer and we do those things. We're praying for opportunities to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ, to encourage people that the, it, the tomorrow will come again. And there will be a day when we're not looking day by day at the statistics of people who are gotten, have gotten sick and people that have died and people that have recovered, but that we have moved past this. And I hope this gives us the opportunity to prepare because something like this could happen again. And if it happens again, we need to certainly be better prepared than we have been so far. You know, there weren't enough enough uh, ventilators or weren't enough hotel rooms or, or buildings or whatever. And we need to make sure the next time that we kind of got a handle on it. But also gave me a wake-up call as a director here at the mission. What can we do to minimize and to be prepared for the next thing, if it ever comes, but still to be prepared. And I'm not talking about hoarding. I'm talking about preparation. So once all the masks are back on the market flowing and you can buy them everywhere, and once the hand sanitizers everywhere, and all the things that we need, including some of the expectorants and medicines that we might need, we are prepared. I've already talked to the board about getting some kind of a trailer that we can supply all the needs that we might have for the next one and then rotate those things out as we use them every day and so that we have a heads up and we don't burden the system by needing uh, the same thing everybody else does when the next emergency happens. Um, I've gotten a lot of calls. I even got a call <clears throat> from Washington, D.C., 
from a reporter back there who had heard the same thing that I'm just talking about, that, that we had shut down our services. And I explained to her everything we were doing, and, and I told her at the time, I said, listen, she said, well, I know it must be pretty stressful for you there. And I said, it is stressful, <clears throat> but praise God, we're getting through these things. And I said, but let me stop you. It must be pretty stressful for you. She said, well, yeah, it is. I said, I know, I can hear it in your voice. I said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but so you know, we'll be praying for you as well. There are opportunities for the Christian church to stand up and to be like the first church was, where we care for those people that are sick and we put ourselves out there. Now, I also want to thank, there are grocery stores and there are places like that are still sending us supplies. So in other words, we have right now no shortage of food. Could that change tomorrow? Of course it could change tomorrow, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will. And so I am, uh, I am eternally grateful that God has done all the work that he has done for us. So if you guys need prayer, certainly you can, <laughs> you can pray and, and, um, I mean, you can send a prayer request, and we certainly have time to pray for you. Uh, has it been crazy around here? Oh, man, it really has. In the first few days and weeks of this stuff, the decisions were coming every five minutes. There had to be decisions made to do this, to do that, to separate this. And these are hard decisions. But I also want you to know, we didn't just go and tell everybody you need to leave the dorms. We gave everybody notification of a week that we were going to have to uh, stop taking in uh, people in the dorms. And we can't take any new program in right now either because <clears throat> we're full up. But when this passes, we will integrate everything back to the way it was. And until then, I want all of you to know we're there and we're not we're not separated and apart. We're there with you. We have concerns. We have prayers. We have jobs to do. <clears throat> and we have exposure sometimes to to the world. But you know what? We are deemed as a necessity, one of those businesses that is that has to stay open. And that's because... The world might see us as a necessity of business, but we know who we are. We're a mission. And like every mission before us, when the times get tough, that's when you need the missions the most, right? So again, I'm not coming on today to, to you know, beg for funds or to say, oh, man, it's worse for us than anybody else. It's the opposite. Those of you that listen to this radio station, those of you that listen to this show, I want you to be encouraged too, because we're there with you. We we really care about our donors. I mean, I I'm I'm not exaggerating when I tell you some of the letters that I have gotten from some of our donors make me feel like I I could cry because they're so kind, they're so supportive, so warm, and. They, they are trying to be a part of this great recovery that we are about to experience. And I pray that the Church of the Living God will make this an opportunity, too, for us to 
reach out to the lost and to the dying world, to be supportive, to to know that to let them know that we care. And so, brothers and sisters out there, don't let these things send you into a tailspin. Don't let them make you feel as if there is no tomorrow because God is with us through all things. And in the long run, when this this smoke clears from this disaster of this pandemic, then it's time now to understand that, okay, we can come together as a people. We can come together as a church. We can come together as a mission. And we can we can make sure that we are prepared in every way for tomorrow. And, you know, I, I do have to tell you that I'm canceling the golf tournament that we have in May. Many of you didn't know about that. And the only reason I'm telling you is not only the uncertainty of what the next month is going to bring or the next six or eight weeks are going to bring, but at a time like this, <clears throat> when everybody is suffering, is not the time for us to be putting on a golf tournament. Yes, it's a fundraiser for us, and we always touted this as a good time. But we'll have other good times. We'll have other golf tournaments. We'll do other things. We'll get together in groups once again. We'll be in our churches once again. And I just want you to be, uh, I, I want you to be encouraged. I'm only going to do the one show today, and then next week I'll do another show because I know that things are rapidly changing out there, and whatever we're looking at today may not be what we're looking at tomorrow. So right now, if you were going to come down and take a tour, we can't do those things right now. We're trying to limit the exposure to everybody uh, with the amount of people that come on the campus at one time. But there's a lot of good things that are going on still. <clears throat> and once again, the radio station will be open to full in full swing. And Sacramento and California and the United States will be once again back up and running the way it should. And, man, I never thought I would say this. <clears throat> but I'm driving down the freeway, and the traffic is just wonderful. I mean, it's a third of what it normally is. And my heart is is just wishing it was bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, that all my my brothers and sisters and friends and even those that would think of us as an enemy, I, I just wish they were back out there doing their jobs, getting their paychecks, taking care of their families, looking forward to vacations and anniversaries and weddings and all those things, and it'll happen again. I hope, I hope, too, for my sake, that when the freeway is crowded again and it takes me forever to get to work, I hope at that time I can reflect back and go, yeah, it's pretty good that we're having it like this right now <laughs> because it's certainly better than knowing that there's folks suffering out there. Again, um, if you need to sign up for a food box, if you have an address uh, because we would need your a photo ID, we would need to have a bill from you that shows that you're at that resident. If you need a food box, if you will call us at 447-3268, uh, then we will put a food box together, and we do those uh, on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. So if you'll call in and get put on the list, we will get you a food box to try to tide you over 
until this all passes. So in the interim time, one of the things that you can do for us, and I really need this, is you can pray for us. And and so, um, you know, we don't have too many more minutes left, but uh, again, there's so many things going on. We've got our program guys. Not one of them has decided to leave. And you know what? This is a great thing. And I may have it put up on some of the social media, but our guys, you know, having to be locked down here, they can't really leave. We can't have them wandering around the streets, uh, even on their day off. So we've modified a few things. We took the chapel, and if you've ever been to our chapel, <clears throat> it's uh, it's got the seats all in a row, the plastic-type seats and everything, and the pulpit's up in the front. Well, we've taken all those chairs out of there, and we've put them somewhere else. We took all the stuff from their normal break room, which has to be – we have to, to remodel that a little bit – and we've taken it and we've moved those over uh, to uh, to a storage place. We took the couch, the chair, uh, the TV and all that, brought it out to the main chapel where there's more room. We went over and somebody had donated to us a couple of ping pong tables. So we brought one of the ping pong tables over so the men are able to play ping pong and do those things in between the normal routine they do around the mission and the prayer and the chapel or the, the Bible studies and the counseling. And so on their relaxed time, they can go out there, play a little ping pong. One of our guys bought a, a big chess set. And I mean by big, I mean like these things are like 18 inches high and a great big floor chess board. And believe it or not, lots of our guys play chess and lots of them are pretty good at it. And so they'll all get together. There's a sense of camaraderie. The guys are, are I wouldn't say they're having a good time, but, but they are certainly able to relax a little bit. And it's been a time of drawing together. In addition to that, I'm so proud of some of the program guys. One of the guys said, Pastor, we're not going to stop giving out food, are we? I said, no, no, we're not going to stop. He said, because he said, you wouldn't believe it. I'm out there on the porch. I'm handing them the food bags. And these folks out on the street are so grateful that we didn't just shut our doors and forget about feeding them. And I said, oh, brother, you don't know how encouraging that is. It was also encouraging to me that our program guy is the one who's handing them out. And he's telling me, uh, we just can't stop doing this. So, I mean, in this dark and cloudy, well, it's not cloudy today, but in these times of, of disaster, I see once again people trying to draw together to help each other out. And that's encouraging. That's, that's something that speaks to the humanity of us that God has placed in us. And these men are getting it. They're in their word. They're on their knees. And they have not given up hope. They're there's laughter still, and there's things going on, and we're helping, and it's a buzz of activity. And so all of that is made possible because you guys have loved us, and God has placed it on your heart. So I thank you for every donation you have ever given to us. I thank you who you are 
and that you still have confidence. Uh, So as always, until we meet again, my friends, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.